Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Hello and welcome to this week's Discographology pregame, the show where we're going to hit it and quit it. (laughs) Next week, week we wrap up our look at the initial run of Funkadelic albums with 1971's Maggot Brain. But first, today, in honor of that album's renowned guitar work, we are going to talk our favorite guitar solos. Before we get to that, what's everyone been listening to lately? I haven't listened to a ton, uh, but I have... um, Picked up a couple of things, um, went out, and this is kind of a, a late Christmas gift for the wife, um, picked up a Pressure Machine, the new uh, Killers LP. Um, actually got it at Best Buy. I was getting some other things and and saw that it was, uh, that it was there. And then uh, Logan was uh, kind enough to uh, to gift me the uh, his, uh, a copy of uh, D-Loust in the comatorium that's that, it's comatorium yeah it's not crematorium <laughs> yeah right and in, in that it's a it's yeah. a uh it, it, we were talking about drones earlier it's it's a it's a place for for comas um <laughs> deloused in the comatorium and I, i've not had a chance to drop the needle on either you know it's start a semester for us and you know we're we're both um run around um busy all the time but uh but ha- have some some stuff to look forward to uh to listen once once things settle down a bit well, I got a similar situation. I took a look at my what I was currently listening to, my history, and I was like, I haven't been listening. I've been I've been listening to stuff that's old. I haven't been listening to anything new. Um, stuff that I've already mentioned, I should say. I have been listening to podcasts as always, and I never talk about that. Would it be okay if in, instead I just are you going to promote another I'm podcast enjoying? on our podcast? What you been podcasting? I it's. An, it's not an ox podcast, so it's not like I'm just here to jerk myself off or something like that. Circle jerk. Um, circle jerk. <laughs> there should be a red r slash ox circle jerk. It'll exist one day. Um, I've been listening to podcasts, and I really like one called With Gorley and Rust. Now, this podcast started, I first started listening to it, and it was called it was a podcast about the Friday the 13th movie series, and the title of the podcast was In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, <laughs> the hosts being Matt Gorley and Paul Rust. Um, and it was awesome and funny and really long form. Um, and then they did the Halloween movies, uh, and they did like three and a half hours on the first Halloween. <laughs> and then they did... a. Nightmare on Elm Street, a bunch of other series. Um, and right now I'm listening to them do Scream. I like the first Scream. I've never seen any of the others. So I'm looking forward to finally watching the whole Scream franchise. I know we've got some horror fans on board here. I don't yeah. Know oh, yeah. It's about the Scream it, franchise. It's been a while since I've watched all of them. I remember liking the f- well, seeing the first two. Then after that, I it gets blurry for me. Yeah, I think that I've was heard a, that first two are good and third is bad. <laughs> I I think that was a, a rental for me for both, which is uh, I I don't see 
don't see a lot of horror movies and didn't as a kid, but but I did did catch those. Or at least I, the first I had the two. advantage of uh, having an older brother, so I, I, I went and saw the second and third one in the theater because he could always uh. pose as my guardian, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Bad, I remember. I remember. I, I got in to see the South Park movie. That was like a big thing oh. going back to middle school and <laughs> being like, I saw the South Park movie. That's guys. pretty rad. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to see shit. Although there were some movies they wouldn't let you, and I distinctly remember having to buy a ticket with him to go see Chicken Run so we could sneak into me, myself, and Irene. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. So worth it. I saw um, Blair Witch Project at a theater with, with my cousin. Oh. You know, in a, uh, n- in a too young to actually get to an R, R movie situation. I take it back. Yeah. I, I take back what I said. You saying that reminded me my mom did take me to see uh, the Blair Witch Project. Ah. And so I was allowed to go see that. I've allowed myself to listen to a, a couple of political commentary slash comedy podcasts. Of course, our friends Hoot and Holler, a podcast about the Ozarks. Um, I also listened to the Trillbilly Workers Party, uh, a great political commentary podcast. Um, and for you know for the for the true crime fix, I recommend a series called Breakdown. And their current season is all about the uh, Ahmad Arbery case, uh, hmm. a fascinating case that has has just wrapped up. I'm not going to get into it here, but if you know, you know. Um, I did want to say that Jess recently bought Roxy Music's album Avalon on vinyl, mm. and cool. she bought it off Amazon. And something really weird happened. the The vinyl sleeve is almost 13 by 13 square. It's bigger than everything we have. (laughs) I've never really come across this before. Brian Ferry's got to be be an outlier (laughs) in things. That's frustrating. (laughs) I don't, yeah, because it like doesn't go with your other stuff. I don't know if it's like a weird, if we accidentally got an Amazon knockoff. (laughs) I mean, it looks pretty legit. It's just really weird. It's so big. Um, she also got uh, David Bowie's Lodger, and we we both don't have a lot of experience listening to that one, but we both ended up liking it. Uh, I thought it sounded pretty good. I need it, I need more listens, but I know not everyone's a Lodger fan, so not me. I'm not it's a fan. been a it's been a while <laughs> since I've listened to it, but the I remember kind of not liking it a whole lot, and it kind of yeah. like I I think I was super stoked on the Berlin trilogy. And then I was just kind of like let down with that one and kind of in parts let down with Heroes as well. And I only really ended up liking Low out of the three of them the most. I think Jess maintains that Lodger's better than Heroes. Um, of course, Low's, Low's, Low's the best. Um, I Oh, also she put on um, Clash's Combat Rock, which I, was, which I liked as a teen. But I got into their other albums and I was just kind of like, oh, whatever, combat rock. But she put it on, insisted, and I was like, hey, wait a minute. This whole thing mostly slaps. <laughs> is Straight to there Hell are a few combat rock? Yeah, Straight to Hell's on it. And it's got a bunch of bangers. Like, I've, it's it's good. <laughs> I love. I thought it wasn't for a long it, time. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Nice. It's so. got Know Your Rights as well. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah, if that's your thing, sure. That, I like Know Your Rights. It's, a fun, it's, it's got this it's really cool. cool funky one. It's called, shit, what's it called? Rock the Casbah. No, I mean, that one's good. A little ditty. Is it on, uh, is it on there? 
I like the has buzz on there. Yeah, yeah it's on as well right. as should I. It's like the big singles album. It's should okay. I stay or should I go? It kind of sounds like if Sand if Sandinista, if they narrowed Sandinista down to just the accessible stuff. That's kind of what it sounds like. Anyway, that's all I got. Mm. Nice, uh, Logan. What you been listening to? Oh man, I've been lis- listening to a bunch of things. Uh, one I just pulled out of my own collection is Depeche Mode's "Some Great Reward" from 1984. That was a nice listen and enjoyed that. I also picked out of my collection Lost Sounds, their self-titled album Lost Sounds from 2004. Uh, I think I sent a picture of this to you guys, but that Joy Division 7-inch. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It has like an alternate version of Love Will Tear Us Apart on there. Got that from a friend. So that that was pretty cool. And then I think, Josh, you... You said that you got mm-hmm. this too from VMP, but the Seeger Rose, yeah, uh, I'll get us beer. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad I'll... you said it. By the way, I was I was worried <laughs> would it, I would have to say it. So yes, yes, I'll get us beerian. From what I understand, I'm probably still butchering it, but uh, one of the most uh, beautiful albums that I've ever heard. And when I was in high school, my good buddy Tyler burnt this off for me on a CD also remember them being used in the film for vanilla sky. Oh yeah. But I highly recommend, I think it's a, it was a very nice pressing. I, I still need to clean it though. There's some statics, you know, pops going on there, but uh, it, it, it was a pleasant, pleasant it, list, listening experience and really great to listen to after 20 something years. Is this the, the debut The the cover is like a, uh, an embryo or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. Weird yeah, alien I, baby. I know at least like, one of those songs I, I was really into for like, you, you ever get, get into a song and you just have to listen to it, you know, five or six times a day for <laughs> yeah. a week and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, also, so this is a reissue that I, that I got in the mail. I have this on CD, but it's Ween's live at the cat's cradle, um, from 1992. It's one of their early and insane performances that really deserves its own release. I, I glad, I'm glad they put this out on vinyl. I highly recommend the track mango woman. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it's a, it's a wild record. Uh, also I checked out some boy genius, uh, from what, uh, Blake had, suggested i watched the tiny desktop performance yeah. and i i really enjoyed it uh the voice their voices mesh very well oh yeah together and i and i see what you mean about it being sad music but i'm i'm definitely there for it and we'll be checking out more um awesome also our our we also have a Discord. Uh, is that okay to say? Uh, the Ox yeah, of course. Audio Network Discord. Yep. And we've got a good buddy uh, and fellow podcaster, Tom G. Wolf. Uh, he's always shouting out great recommendations for us. Uh, he suggested to me Neptune Towers, Transmissions from Empire Algol. Uh, I think it's from 94 or 95. It was kind of unclear on that. Uh, but uh, I was really pleased to hear. It's very similar in like synths to uh, Kraftwerk's Autobahn, very similar in tone and strut. But thanks for the recommendation, Tom, and especially thank you for listening. And the last yeah. thing, I I tried to, I, I'm going to try to get in the habit of listening to new things this year, or at least new music. But I sought out, uh, Burial had released a new EP called Anti-Dawn, and I listened to that, and it's not what I was expecting. I mean, it was in some ways, but 
I need some more time with it, but it was like you were walking through a really creepy neighborhood for a really long time. <laughs> that seems like a vibe you would you would go for though. <laughs> yeah, vibe. no, no, I was totally into it, and it and it interested me. But I was still hoping for like integration of cool beats and and more more music uh, musical aspects of it. But it seemed more of that like you're just walking through a weird. It's like you're walking through Silent Hill or something like that. So that's mm. that's cool. Uh, but like I said, I need some more time with it. But yeah, that's that's what I've been listening to. If I could nice. mention real quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, our friend Tom knows metal very well, and he also uh, really enjoys cosmic music, that genre. Um, and he clued us in, apparently, metal band Blood Incantation uh, of the infamous logo is doing an album of cosmic music type stuff. Like synthy stuff. Yeah, they're super duper into into synth and, and Moog and, and that kind of genre. Which so I'm interested to hear that. I think I listened to that too. I think I saw that they were going to release a, a cassette tape, and I kind of got interested. In oh, maybe yeah. I think I might need to jump on that. But uh, yeah, Tom hasn't really uh, steered me in the wrong direction nah. on any of that. So uh, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I also got that Seagaross as you uh, mentioned there, Logan. Uh, and and have really been pleased with it so far. I've only listened to it once, and I already had it on CD, but it was one of those I'd picked up and never really listened to a lot beyond uh, a couple tracks. So that was good. Uh, speaking of which, I also picked up another CD recently, and uh, Logan, you might know this one. I picked up the and you know and you will know us by the Trail of Dead album Worlds Apart. Yes, I have which that is on a, CD. A later. Trail of Dead albums, not the uh, the big one, uh, Source Tags and Codes. Not the one that uh, got a 10 on Pitchfork? No, this is down the road from that. <laughs> and I, it's just one that I have enjoyed because I think uh, our, our mutual friend Bo actually was somewhat involved in kind of turning me on to that, that album, uh, Worlds Apart, and mm-hmm. I, I picked that up for cheap at a vintage stock and been listening to that a little bit. Uh, is that good. the uh, is that the one that's hey fuck you fuck man, you, man. That is <laughs> all those yeah, kids which I was listening to in the car with Beth and she's like what what just happened because there's <laughs> for those that don't know there's literally a track that starts off with kids talking and then and the, the lead singer saying hey fuck you man and then the kids laugh and the song starts <laughs> it's very bizarre but uh, yeah I got that yeah. I also got a Nick Cave's album Push the Sky Away which was. It's a few years ago. Uh, it, it's it's not his most recent or anything, but it, it was the one I when I went and saw him on tour. It was the album he was touring for, and there's quite a few uh, good songs in there: Higgs Boson Blues and Mermaids, um, Jubilee Street. Which, if you haven't heard Jubilee Street by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, uh, seek that one out. That is a great song. Um, Jubilee Street. Okay. Jubilee Street. It's sort of a story song. Uh, I'll let you listen to it before you try to figure out what the story is. It's it's kind of a weird one, but it it's good. Uh, and then uh, kind of in a different camp, I got the Birds' Greatest Hits. Um, I, I've been in a Birds kick lately. I don't know what it is, but I I have uh, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, Notorious Bird Brothers. Um, I didn't really care for any of the early albums, but I thought this, this is a good greatest hits kind of a band um, to get. So I got that and it has, uh, has, you know, the big hits has turn, 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 of course. And uh, Mr. Tambourine man, which are both okay. But I really love uh, my back pages. They're Bob mm. Dylan cover. 
Uh, is this the band that David Crosby's in? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it is. That guy. Uh, <laughs> he's a tool. I, I mean, I'll start yeah. telling you, that guy's a tool. I don't know uh, much I, about him, but I remember in my childhood seeing that guy's face all the time. Yeah, and I don't. Dave, I didn't know who he was, but I always like, who is this guy? Everything I've ever heard is that David Crosby's kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> generally, um, Neil Young has said that. Just, just generally, other people. But anyway, uh, the birds though, that greatest hits comp is is pretty good stuff. Oh, one other thing I picked up. I didn't put it in my list, but I'll tell you guys about it right now. So I was in Heavy Heads, which is our local record shop, and there was a comic book there that had a flexi disc in it, like a seven inch. And I asked him about it. He said, some guy just came in and was like, Hey, will you stock these? And it's a local guy. Um, and he made this comic book called eavesdropper cafe. And he made a, he had a friend make a soundtrack that corresponds to it. And they pressed, I guess, pressed one of them on like a flexi disc. And it's, it's really good. I picked it up, brought it home, put it on. It's very like trip hop kind of, um, and then the, the illustrations in the comic book are, are pretty amazing. Um, yeah, if you haven't, I'll have to figure out a way to maybe drop a link or something to it, maybe via Twitter, uh, eavesdropper cafe, but I guess it's a local person, Springfield, um, That's cool. person that does it. I want to do pretty a flexi cool, disc. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but <laughs> there, there are people um, who will pre- press them for you. They're, it's cheaper than nice. a, a real disc. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Before we move into our special topic, I do want to uh, mention something that happened. It's it's a at the point you're listening to this a couple weeks back, but uh, it would I'd be remiss not to mention that one of the original parliaments and parliament members uh, passed away recently. Calvin Simon, one of the five uh, original parliaments singers in the uh, doo wop group George Clinton put together and then also was one of the members of parliament proper once they became the sort of funk band that we know. So yeah, rest in peace, Calvin Simon. I'm pouring one out now. Uh, let's move into our special topic, which we're going to talk about our favorite guitar solos appropriately enough for, uh, maggot brain, which is coming next week, which features a pretty famous guitar solo. I guess you could call it. It's kind of an (laughs) instrumental up top, but, uh, I, I kind of challenged everybody to come up with their favorite guitar solos and, uh, Matt, you want to lead us off? Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with this and I, I think everyone, you know, at least to a certain extent would probably agree with me that it's, it's, it's nearly impossible to, to, you know, nail down just, you know, your favorite of all time, you know, cause at least for me, I, uh, um, everything, you know, every solo is, is kind of its own, its own entity and, and, and interesting in, in its own, uh, way. But, uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, how would you, how would you kind of even think about or, or begin to classify guitar solos? You know, whether you've got shredders and you know super complex and fast solos, and then you've got you know really super melodic and and simple solos that that um, that you know can evoke can evoke a lot of emotion. You know, are you picking it? Are you doing finger style? Um, you know, is it a is it a lead? Are you playing riffs? Uh, you know, are 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 you doing more rhythm and 
I kind of, in thinking about all of that, um, picked out a few uh, a few of my favorite solos that that kind of you know I, I think span the, the 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 spectrum perhaps of of um, of solos, and I put a little package together, uh, you know, kind of bookended with um, one type of solo that I really like, and that's kind of the the ethereal you know bell tone atmospheric guitars that you might hear in um, the song Echoes by Pink Floyd um, or at the very end of Marquee Moon um, with, uh, you know, Tom Verlaine and Richard Lloyd um, changing the uh, the whole feel of the song with, with a solo part. And then um, solos for me, you know, they, they can they can carry a lot of aggression or, or, or oomph. And, um, you know, for, for something like that, I think about, uh, a guitarist like Billy Corgan. Um, I, I'm someone who has, you know, uh, listeners may or may not know, uh, several of us, you know, on this air, um, played in a Smashing Pumpkins tribute show and I played a lot of the leads. So I've, I've studied, you know, uh, Billy Corgan as a guitar player. And, and one of my favorites of, of his, it's one that we did not play at the show is, uh, Soma. Um, I, I just really like, um, the aggression of the, uh, of the melody. And, you know, th- there's a lot of attitude and, and kind of writing oh, right yeah. on the edge of feedback, much like another guitarist, uh, of a lot, um, longer ago and, and relevant to, uh, what we've been talking about with Funkadelic is, is Jimi Hendrix, you know, consummate blues man, um, always gave Eric Clapton shit for not playing enough rhythm, uh, which, which I, I'm going to support, you know, because th- th- that's the thing about Hendrix is he had a, he had a sense of rhythm to, to accompany all of the blues chops that he developed, um, playing, uh, on, on the Chitlin circuit with, uh, with little Richard and, and others. And uh, I think I thought a lot, and my, I think my favorite Jimi Hendrix solo is uh, there. There's several sections on uh, the song "Bold as Love" off of Axis "Bold as Love." Um, finally, um, got a couple more. Uh, you want simple? There's nothing more simple than "Cinnamon Girl" by Neil Young. Neil Young is a great guitar player. <laughs> it's an interesting guitar player, but um, I, I I really enjoy the the audacity to just you know just ride that one note and everything. I was gonna say it's a one note solo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything that you need to know about that song is is in that solo and and how how those guitars sound. Um, if you want to cry, "Purple Rain" makes me cry every time. There, there's such an, you know, it really tugs at your heartstrings. Um, another kind of interesting um, finger style solo that, that that's kind of in the uh, in the same mode as the uh, the ethereal is uh, Gypsy, uh, Lindsey Buckingham's solo on on Gypsy. Mm. I've, I've always been really interested in Lindsey Buckingham. Um, you know, has a really interesting playing style. He he uh, plays. Uh, from what I can tell, he does a lot of playing with like the front of his fingernail, which you know uh, allows him to kind of you know get some interesting sounds. But uh, but those are just you know, I guess I guess that's seven. But uh, <laughs> you know, some of some of the the, the guitar solos that, that I really find interesting uh, and and really enjoy. So I'm I'm happy to to share them with, with everybody. If you wanna. Hey, before before you do that, can you just real quickly? So just say your list straight out just like run down the list all right the list uh top guitar solos the list is of the package um david gilmore echoes uh billy corgan soma Jimi hendrix bold as love neil young cinnamon girl prince purple rain lindsey buckingham on gypsy and tom verlaine and richard lloyd on marquee moon 
Nice. Those are some good picks. Yeah. yeah, and appreciate everybody, uh, you know, listening with me. I know that was a lot of Jimmy, but I just love that solo so much. But uh, who, who, who's next? <laughs> so for my choice, I went with five guitar. I, man, this was hard. So there, there's Matt had some great picks there, and I'm glad Matt you had those picks because I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, Pink Floyd, you know, Jimmy, these big guitar gods. Like, there's some great guitar solos in there, and I, I don't deny that at all. And I, I love some of those. I mean. Definitely Dave Gilmore is, is one of the best guitar players and one of my favorite guitar players of all time. But what I kind of went with for my criteria was I was just like, you know, what are five guitar solos that I just really like and I also think are really good but maybe don't get talked about as much? And I, I narrowed it to five. And I'll just kind of run down the line here. So my, my, my number five choice is the band Rilo Kylie. And specifically, it's the guitar solo for the song, Does He Love You? Now, let me explain real quick. The guitar player is Blake Sennett, very Lindsey Buckingham influenced. Um, You know, if you've seen him play, he likes to play that style of solo like you just heard on Gypsy. This particular track, this is a live version of this Rilo Kiley song from Austin City Limits. And I think Matt can attest to the number of times I watched this. I taped it off TV and just adored this little guitar solo part, uh, among everything else in that performance. But uh, yeah, so here we go. Blake Sennett doing the guitar solo live for Does He Love You by Rilo Kiley. Yeah, and, and it's probably not as impressive sounding there as it was to me, but man, I, I, I adored that solo back in the day and just uh, all the rhythmic changes and everything. That's great. Uh, so my number four pick then is a song that I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Uh, it's it's an acoustic guitar solo. We don't get many of those. This is an acoustic. Huh. I guess it has some electric solo in it too. It is from the Tenacious D song, Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Kyle Gass's <laughs> Kyle Gass's guitar solo uh, from Wonder Boy. I mean, come on. It's a yeah, great guitar solo. He, he, he shreds on the acoustic guitar. You, can't, <laughs> you gotta love that. And I'm serious. It's a great guitar solo. Uh, number three, then. He's a is classical a, guitar player. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, sure. I was looking at videos today yeah. about it, and there's a whole video you can find on YouTube that's him walking through how to play Wonder Boy. And he talks about that solo, and it's pretty interesting. He's, yeah, he's just he's like. Underrated yeah. for sure. He taught Jack player. Black to play rudimentary yeah. guitar. 
yeah. and how to uh, power slide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three pick is a guitar player that I think is very underrated, especially for like 90s alt-rock guitar players. He doesn't get really thought about that much. And that is Greg Brown, who is the guitar player for the band Cake. Uh, and I was trying to think of a good cake solo because he, I just think his guitar tone was always really good. This particular one I chose is actually a combo guitar and trumpet solo as cake had a trumpet player. So this is cake song, Frank Sinatra. love that tone it's uh yeah anyway <laughs> yeah anybody else have thoughts I have no, i'm sorry Josh i don't know what else to say thoughts that was a great uh so uh my final two uh are are from the kind of emo world a little bit uh my number two is one i thought blake you might have so i might be oh, stealing one of yours here blake um, I feel kind like of an everyone's idea of emo is different. Yeah, it is. But these these two are bands that I think they kind of are in a different spectrum of emo. Um, this one though, this guitar player, I guess he does kind of get some due as like a a more modern two thousands guitar hero, and it's Ray Toro who was the guitar player for My Chemical Romance, the lead guitar player. Okay. Uh, and I had to choose his Queen-inspired solo, Brian May-inspired solo for I'm Not Okay. That is so harmonies. That is yeah. a good, great good track. And, and the thing I love about it is he's adding this like classical rock thing to a what is otherwise pretty not standard. It's a great pop song, but like it's kind of a pop punk song. And then yeah. you've got this Queen guitar solo mm-hmm. just suddenly burst in. Uh, and, then, and then my number one, and this is the one I was saying before we recorded that I I think is genuinely one of the best guitar solos of all time and doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, and it's Jim Atkins. His solo in the middle by uh, Jimmy Eat World. Forgot about that one, but it completely rips. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good guitar solo. It's in the middle of this pretty perfect pop song. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I think what makes these guitar solos great is they almost have a a, a, a lyricism to them. Like they, can I, that solo especially can kind of get like stuck in your head almost like, like a vocal hook. You know, when it comes in, you can almost sing every note of it. So 
Yeah, that's my uh, top five choices there for favorite guitar solos. So those are great picks, Josh. On on cake, that that's that's a uh, a t- anytime you have a tone that you immediately know exactly who it is, you you know you're you're right where you want to be uh, when when you're playing guitar. It, it's such a it's such a f- I don't know if the word fat is right, but it just feels such like a fat full guitar tone that is also kind of dirty a little bit, and like I, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's I I, I dig it. Um, who wants to go next? Uh, Logan? Logan? Yeah, I can go next. Yeah, go yeah. So uh, first, Matt, I want to give a shout out to Soma for sure. That is a great solo. I'll delve into that here in a moment, but I was very torn, and I was also kind of curious because I felt like you and I could pick maybe some similar solos. So uh, I'm interested to uh, hear what you think. So yeah, first, too. good Guitar leads are a thing for me. I, I don't consider myself a great lead guitar player, but over the years I've written my fair share of leads and really enjoyed and admire a good one. That being said, I had to come up with a little criteria. Unfortunately, guitar gods are out. So for me, no bucket head. Is it Ingve Malmsteen? Ingve <laughs> yeah. Malmsteen. Or John Five, all of which are amazing guitarists. But the main spectacle is their playing. They focus on the playing practically the whole time. Also, I feel like 70s, 80s metal and hair metal probably deserve their own tournament, since these times consistently brought us the next big solo. It's definitely difficult for me to narrow down the best Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, or Eddie Van Halen solo. Though, I will say that I think the Beat It solo is one of my all-time favorites. It's perfection. I... I love to hear it performed by John Five and the great Jennifer Batten, whose approach and accuracy is flawless. She was Michael Jackson's live guitarist for a number of years, and she's a legend. Mm. I will never forget seeing her at the end of the movie uh, Moonwalker covering Come Together with Michael Jackson and Mm. thinking she was just so rad. But check out some uh, videos of her playing the Beat It solo. It's definitely worth it. Um, I'm also trying to pick ones that aren't so well-known or commonly hailed. So we all know Gilmore's Comfortably Numb is fire and for a reason, and Stairway to Heaven or Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody are all deserve the praise that they get, but I'm trying to stay away from those. So that leaves me to follow the heart on this one. And I'm going to talk about ones that have elicited an emotional response for me, or when, when I heard it, it triggered my full attention and interest I'll try to keep it as brief as possible, but I'm going to shout out some honorable mentions, and then I'm going to talk about my top five with some drops. So first, shout out, and I don't want to step on anyone's heels, uh, or toes, rather, uh, but Nine Inch Nails, Ruiner. Is it Adrian Ballou? Uh nope. Didn't he play mm. that I, solo? Nope. Uh, Logan, just move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> we'll cover that. <laughs> yeah, I figured I, I have nothing else. That's why it's just a shout out. So uh, it's a good, good solo, pick. though. Good pick. Um, I'm also a big fan of Robin Fink as a guitarist and love oh, his yeah. style. But anyway, also shout out to Adam Jones of Tool, uh, one of my favorite guitarists. Uh, but his solos aren't known for being super flashy, but they're good in tone and emotional. And I'd say Parabola is a strong one from him that should definitely get some praise. Also, Weezer was a big influence on guitar solos Ooh. for me. Uh, but I... 
I think one that really pulls at the heartstrings for me is uh, Say It Ain't So. It's one of Rivers' yep. best, and it's a it's a gut-punching solo. It's short, powerful, and memorable. An early favorite of mine. So many memorable solos from the Blue Album, but some of the first solos I ever learned how to play myself. I do love Gilmore, and I do want to shout out Have a Cigar and Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 as being great solos. Also, Pig's Three Different Kinds for the talk box solo and end solo. I thought about so, Pig's. Now we get down to my top five. So first, Tom Morello. I don't know. There we go. This one was a tough one for me because he's an innovator. He's just an excellent, excellent player. And there's so many great solos that he does in almost anti-solos, if you will. Lots of scratching, guitar manipulations, uh, just the whole gamut. But I... When I first heard this solo, I knew it was written for me. It's just my kind of solo. It sounds just out of this world, and I, I don't even own the album or the song or anything by it, but it's definitely one of my favorites. It's Tom Morello's solo on Like a Stone by Audio Slave. So phenomenal. So next, number four. I've talked about Ween. I've talked about (laughs) Dean Ween. Talked about it a lot lately too. But it's obviously a favorite of mine. And I think Dean Ween's style, his technical ability, versatility, and his guitar face is too lovable for me to neglect. Like uh, SD has bass face. He's got guitar face. While Tear for Eddie may be my favorite of his, there's also another one called Transdermal Celebration from the Quebec album that is transcendent. Baseline, yeah, I was gonna rules say, as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that little baseline that. that pops in. Oh yeah, it's one of his best solos for sure. So the next band might come to uh, it might be a surprise to some, but it's one of the first guitar solos that I became conscious of as being a quote unquote good guitar solo, and that goes to U2's "The Edge" on New Year's Day. Mm. Again, it's my kind of solo. I love ones that scream with tone and have some delay, creating a sense of emotional urgency and longing. It may not be the most technical ever written, but it calls to my sensibilities, and I just love how it's executed.
God, that's a good solo. That is good. <laughs> In the spirit of picking solos by bands that I'm not necessarily that into, but totally respect the soloing, I would have to go with Randy Rhodes on this one with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Diary mm. of a Madman and Blizzard of Oz are fantastic albums, and his style is just technical and classical. And when I first heard Ozzy's Mr. Crowley for the first time, <laughs> both Randy Rhodes solos melted my face off. It's truly a sight to behold. I highly recommend watching the live television appearance of this song. It's wild. And definitely rest in peace. Just shredding, just king of yeah. shredding. Um, so the, now the number one goes to a slot that I'm sure you guys are not going to be surprised, but goes to Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, and James Eha. They were a pair that broke through to me and taught me the most about guitaring. As a SP stan, I was able to narrow down a few songs that really do it. Choosing between live recordings was also something that was difficult, so I just went with recorded. Though I do want to say Billy and James work magic on I Am One from the 94 Lost Tapes. Just a little wink there. Uh, mm. While there are countless gems for out-of-this-world guitar playing, like Starla, Soma, <laughs> Geek USA, or Here Is No Why, I chose the unlikely path for me and shied away from the grandiose face melters that I love and adore to go with the simple beauty of Hummer. I want to be there and just live there. That's where I want to be. Yep. Great choice. You pull that solo over you like a warm blanket. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We made the drummer do it. Oh, geez. Okay. So I'm the only one here who's not a guitar guy, not a guitar player at all. Um, So I don't know what these folks are doing. (laughs) And that's why I pay less attention my brain doesn't latch onto it as well because I don't know what is going on most of the time. And my, it's kind of like some people don't focus on lyrics as much. It kind of runs together and they focus on other things. I love love good guitar playing, but my brain is just often focusing on other things. So when this uh, topic was proposed, I, I, I just go like, 
Um, but I did come up with some things, and they're 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 goofy. Um, there's a little crossover. I'll start with there. There's no order, by the way. I I could never ever pick a favorite guitar solo. It's just not going to happen. Um, I'm not a big. I'm not a fan of the big grandiose wankery. I'm not going to put eruption or some shit. Um, but what I had for my first one, I'll, I'll do goofiest first. Um, guitarist Elliot Easton of the Cars in just what I needed. Now, That's a great solo. solo. This song's synth parts are what stand out to me first and foremost, but don't sleep on the brief pop perfection that it lasts less than 15 seconds smack dab in the middle of the song perfectly leads into the next verse. Here we go. I love when a when a solo ends by climbing up frantically, <laughs> climbing yeah. up rapidly into the you know the 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 root note or whatever the the home yeah. note the tonic, uh, and just the way it, it like combines twang in there. I don't know. I just dig it. That's good. It's um, like rockabilly new wave. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It combines those two things and somehow it works. <laughs> Um, like the stray cats. <laughs> no, not like what? <laughs> um, Brian Setzer. All right. So just things that stand out to me as a non-guitar player. I, I had a rush phase. Maybe, maybe every, you know, every boy goes through a rush phase. How do we feel about Rush's YYZ and guitarist Alex Lifeson? Mm. <laughs> That's pretty rad. He's I got Alex Lifeson a, rules. Ed. He's a great good. You can't deny that they're great musicians. And R.I.P. to Neil. Um, at about 2.20 in YYZ, um, a pretty epic, like, five-minute instrumental, um, he, he rips a big one. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> <laughs> it's long, and it's wild, and it's just... Okay, third, I, I was a little worried about crossover with this one, but I said guitarist Johnny Greenwood, Radiohead, mm. Paranoid, Android. There are mm-hmm. technically two solos. Um, so there's the solo. Um, he's switching off between 4-4 four, four, and 7-8 time. That's probably my favorite thing about this and why it stands out to me. Then they go to the, the slow section of the song. Then he comes back and he solos and ends the song. Uh, the, the song ends with the guitar solo. And it just rips. I don't know. I've, I've loved it since the first time I heard it. Um, especially his use of his tone, his use of effects and, and pedals. I don't know what he's doing. Some kind of he wah a, involved. He hits a phaser at one point, just like right on the downbeat, and it changes the whole color of the, uh, yeah, of the sound. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And he's going through some stuff that makes it sound really synthy. I, I couldn't guess as to what all, you know, besides phaser, what all it's being put through. Okay, fourth. Um, so this is one we've covered on the show. 
And it's it's one that came to mind uh, really quickly when I thought about guitar solos that stand out to me because it's one of these kind of anti-solos by a guitarist who did not like flashy solos, Kurt Cobain, in Bloom, Nirvana. I've always loved this is, one um, because because of its anti soloness It comes out of the gate with like what sounds like it, it could be a wrong note, and he hits. There's a don't careness. He does care. We we learn that Kurt Cobain cares very much how his music turns out, but there's an air of not caring if he's in key, even though it. You know, if you really want to get technical, I suppose it all is. It all works, but it, it kind of drifts in and out of key and just this nat there's this nastiness to it um you don't usually think of kurt cobain for his his solos either of course it's definitely a good anti-solo yeah love an anti-solo um okay so for last um i'm gonna do nine inch nails and yes i i covered this on the nailed podcast sorry but i want to go over especially now after what logan has said um the song is ruiner so Adrian Ballou, um, famous guitarist for everybody, did play on the Downward Spiral, but you're not going to believe me, but the person who played the solo on Ruiner is Trent Reznor, uh, playing in a style that is completely not Trent Reznor, running his guitar through a, a digital effects, a, a Zoom digital effects box, and from there, straight into the board, just called up a preset that's like really uh, really goofy epic solo stuff and just messing around um not intending to keep the take playing something that he thought sounded like comfortably numb of course the song he loved just kind of jokingly and then he said he said to his uh his drummer chris vrenna hey this is this is pretty goofy what do you think of this and chris vrenna apparently said yeah you should just keep it and so they just they kept him wanking around doing something that sounds totally unlike anything he's ever done. I didn't believe until ah. very recently that it was him, uh, but I'll, I'll play it here. And if you're not familiar with him, he's not the uh, he's not the type to do guitar solos at all, really. I'm also pretty sure that the drums here are fake. You got to hit every chromatic note on the way up to end the solo. It's a good one. But yeah, that that one uh, unforgettable, weird guitar solo. Awesome. 
Well, uh, another one is Maggot Brain by Funkadelic, <laughs> which in uh, March of 2005, a magazine called Father Nature Magazine, what? I don't know what this magazine is, placed huh. uh, Eddie Hazel doing the guitar solo on Maggot Brain at number one wow. on its list of 100 Greatest Guitar Solos. More uh, well-known, Guitar World Magazine placed it at number 71 on greatest guitar solos of all time. 71? But That's a big 71, split. 71, yeah. It is. But hey, what do we think about it? You'll find out next week when we look at the third Funkadelic album, Maggot Brain. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.